You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our second episode of Take a Bow. I'm Sydney Lucas. And I'm Eli Chokash. And today we actually have a special guest with us. Happiness monkey Josh Lehman stopped by and gave us his time for an hour. And we were so excited to talk to him and learn so much about him. So we can't wait for you guys to listen to this interview. It was the best. He was so funny and so wise. Yeah, we really think you guys will enjoy it. It's super funny. It's super relaxing. You'll learn a lot about auditioning and stuff like that. So we're excited for you guys to hear it. Yeah. So, Sid, um, how's quarantine treating you? Quarantine is... I didn't anticipate being this busy during quarantine. I am so busy. I have so... And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be busy. But, you know, with the podcast and with... I'm just... I'm getting, you know, a lot of people emailing and DMing me. And I'm so grateful for it. I have, like, all of these new opportunities. But it's so much... But I'm also, you know, I would much rather be busy than bored. And uh, I have binge watched so many TV shows during this time. (laughs) I am in the process of getting my splits back. I am almost there. I'm so excited to because it's something that I've been wanting to do for so long. But yeah, my quarantine has not, you know, I haven't really taken a chance to, even though it's been like how long since quarantine started? Like way over a month, two months. I haven't really taken a chance to like process what's going on. Because I'm having these like new opportunities come in, and I'm, I'm not to be I'm not complaining at all. Um, because I would much rather be busy than bored and in my head about this entire thing. Because it's scary. Yeah, totally. I get that. I know. Same. Like I've been super busy as well. I mean, school has been harder than ever now that we're doing it online, and teachers are giving us like more and more assignments that we would literally never do if we were in class. I'm like you, I've watched The Vampire Diaries. It's so good. And it's getting like the next episode that I watch is going to be the season four finale. And the finales of each season are so good that if I wasn't watching it on Netflix, I would probably like lose it every time I finished a season finale because then I'd have to wait so long to, oh, yeah. to watch the next episode. Um, but yeah, just like Sid, I mean, like, it's so great seeing everyone come together and create new art because on top of this podcast, other of our friends are creating new stuff. And we were able to hop on Mark Cuminelli's Little Me podcast. And we were, able, we're I'm doing virtual cabarets and stuff like just like Sydney. So it's great to see everyone coming together and trying to make art for everyone out there who enjoys it and wants to hear it just to give smiles to people. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's really nice seeing people come together like this. It really restores my faith in humanity. Oh, totally. And by the way, I don't I don't know if we mentioned this, but we are filming this intro 
a couple weeks in the future. So we filmed this podcast with Josh Lehman a couple weeks ago. So just keep that in mind if there's any outdated information. We're, we're filming this May 16th right now. Yes, we actually, I also wanted to address that. Last podcast, we had a couple outdated things, um, like the date of Broadway now opening. It was moved to September 6th. And I also said that Nick Cordero was still in a coma. But we have some great news in that. We found out that Nick woke up and he is because He woke up, Code Rocky. Yes, Code Rocky and hashtag Nick is Roke. Like, it, this is so exciting. I mean, everyone is so ecstatic to know that Nick is doing well, doing better. He is responsive. He is, like, still... There's still progress to be made, but he's taking steps in the right direction, and we could not be happier about it. Oh, they've been through so much, but they are so strong. His wife, Amanda, is like superwoman. Oh, my goodness. She's literally like raising a kid by herself. It's crazy. Yeah, and going to visit Nick every day in the hospital and staying strong for everyone and keeping everyone updated mm-hmm. and being open about this entire thing. She's superwoman. Literally. And... I'm very inspired by her and her strength and also her faith throughout this entire I've I've watched her updates on Instagram and she's maintained so much hope and optimism during this entire thing and I feel like a lot of her positive energy and her optimism and her hopefulness and her strength I feel like Nick felt that. Yeah. Which is really beautiful. Yeah. But I'm continuing to pray for them. And we're so happy that he woke up and and he's responsive now. And we will continue to pray for the fastest and easiest possible recovery. Yeah. And he's in our thoughts and the whole their their family is in our in both of our thoughts. For sure. So that being said, Broadway does have a new opening, guys. It's September sixth. Who knows? Could be extended again. But we there is hope that it will return September 6th, a little later than people wanted, but it's okay because, you know, we'll come back stronger. That being said, when that was announced, we had another show announced that they were closing on Broadway. We were so sad to hear that Frozen is actually going to be closing. And, um, you know, our hearts go out to their cast and everyone who is now, you know, without a job and can't get the income that well, not that they were going to during this time anyways, but now they don't know what to expect after this whole thing is done. So it's a very scary time for that cast and the band and the crew and everyone on that show. But um, we wish them well. And I'm sure, I mean, that cast was absolutely insanely talented, that closing cast. And so I'm sure something will come for them soon because all things happen for a reason. Yeah. I I believe that. That's a saying that I've lived by throughout my entire career. And it's something that my mom really helped to instill in me when I was young. And I was, I was six, seven, I think when I, when I got my first really big job, it was when I was about nine. So I was auditioning for about three years, which when you're six, that's a long time. (laughs) And I would, you know, I would go on auditions and then I wouldn't get them and I would genuinely be devastated. And every single time my mom would tell me everything happens for a reason is okay. And I got to a point where I didn't believe her anymore. I I was like, no, it doesn't. I'm getting nothing. I'd want nothing more in the world than to get something, but I'm not getting anything. And then 
you know, with my story about how, and we'll talk about this in, in some of our future podcasts, but I was auditioning for Matilda and it was 11 callbacks and I was so hopeful about it. And I thought, okay, this for sure, for sure, this is going to be it. And I didn't get it. But if I had gotten it, I wouldn't have stayed with Fun Home. And obviously Fun Home has brought me so many blessings. And I can't even imagine my life if I had not had Fun Home. And when that happened, when Fun Home kind of carried me along for the off-Broadway to the Broadway run, that was when I finally believed my mom after all this time. I was like, you were right. Everything does happen for a reason. So even if it seems hopeless, even if things seem like no matter what you do, they aren't working out in your favor, just trust the universe. I put my full faith in the universe now. I know that it doesn't matter how long it's been since I've gotten something or I've had a win, so to say. Everything does happen for a reason. And and you just... Yeah, there's always trust. a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I feel like a lot of people in this business have to understand, especially at an early stage in the business. But um, yeah, it's true because in the end, everything works out and you know, if you're not in, if something doesn't work out, there's always going to be a path that leads you to the right thing. And it's something that yeah. unfortunately, us humans have to learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't doubt anymore. If something, if I want something to go one way, and I think it's the perfect way, and it doesn't happen that way, I don't doubt it anymore. Because I know if this didn't happen, that means something better is coming. And I just have to trust, even if it doesn't come in a year, in two years, in three years, I know something is coming. So totally. uh, I find and you know, not everyone, you know, believes in a higher power or universe. I personally do. But uh, some people in my family don't and they prefer to just put their full faith and trust in themselves. I like to put a lot of my trust and my faith in the universe and a higher power. And I find that personally helps me to keep hopeful and optimistic and, you know, confident about my future because I know that if something doesn't happen, I believe that the universe has something else in store for me that is even better. And if I just stick with it, if I just go where it takes me, I'm going to be so happy and I'm going to finally be like, oh, this, this is what you had planned for me. I see. Well said. So, Sid, what do you say? Should we turn it over to Josh? Let's turn it over to Josh. (laughs) Enjoy, everyone. Enjoy. Everyone, this is going to be such an amazing interview. Um, This is someone who's very special to me, and he's literally one of my all-time favorite people, and he's everyone's favorite Broadway principal. (laughs) Here with us today is Josh Lehman. I'm thrilled to announce that we have Broadway's Josh Lehman. Um, He's actually our first guest we're ever recording, so we're so happy. You are our first guest ever ever guys oh my god he's literally in a monkey onesie right now and no one can take him seriously (laughs) um true story true story sydney during the out of town of finding neverland oh eli you weren't even there yet which is a shame but um (laughs) the out of town of finding neverland uh was so stressful that i started wearing uh the monkey onesie to tech and I insisted that Diane address me as Happiness Monkey. 
And so things were like just going down left and right. And she'd be on the God mic being like, okay, do this, do this. And uh, happiness monkey, could you go a little stage left, please? Thank you, happiness. And to this day, there is a, I know there's a picture of me in the monkey onesie on the red carpet at ART's opening night of finding Neverland in her, in her office. That's amazing. Where is that photo? Yeah, it's at ART. Hi, Sydney. Hi, Eli. Hi, Josh. Josh, is that the reason that, like, kind of started wearing onesies for put-ins and rehearsals? No. Oh, okay. No, I just think that that's theater people being like, oh, we have to come in on Thursday and Friday and do eight shows? Are you insane? (laughs) Fine, I'm wearing a monkey onesie, you monster. (laughs) I had this like outfit on that I had this pretty pink shirt and I was like texting. I was like, oh, let me like coordinate with you, Eli. And he texts me. He goes, Josh is going to wear a monkey onesie. I go, that's it. And I run downstairs and I go grab my monkey onesie as well. So I'm so proud of you, Sydney. And <laughs> oh my God, Eli, thank you. I'm you're a not loser. wearing a onesie. You're not a loser. I like daddy's not mad. He's just disappointed. Okay. Okay. I appreciate All right, that. kiddo. Yes. We got to get him some onesies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, guys, truth story. I was wondering the question that I just asked Josh, because for almost every rehearsal, everyone showed up in their onesies. And actually, when we rehearsed for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, we all were outside Macy's freezing in our onesies for that rehearsal. You're kidding. Yeah, it was amazing. Did Fun Home perform at the parade? No, but I personally performed at the parade on a Sesame Street float. <laughs> Stop it. So I've got to I've gotten to experience the parade twice and then my brother Jake who is in King and I and and, and Peter Pan Live. He my brother Jake got to perform uh, Peter Pan Live and King and I at the parade and I got to perform on a Sesame Street float. That's so much cooler. Now were you like a lesbian Sesame Street float <laughs> or were you like just like I'm a, I like puppets and I live here. I like here. puppets. No, exactly. Okay. Oh, so it wasn't like related to Fun Home. No, it wasn't related. To, I think this oh, was okay. actually before. The, actually, I did this during the lab of Fun Home and I also did it during the off-ballway run of Fun Home. Oh. I have to say, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is so much fun. I I write, I wrote a whole poem about it. It's so much fun to it's me. It's craziness. Um, Do you have the poem? I'm sure I have it somewhere. Oh, we need to hear it. I'm sure it's like way deep down in my Google Docs. I can try to find it. I would like to set music to it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're going to write a musical. Yeah. Guys, Josh has been in like seven Broadway shows. Literally. Seriously. So like, seriously, like (laughs) I'm super important. Seriously. Like I don't cry. Seriously. Like once you get to Broadway, you stop crying. It's like so cool. And like I'm friends with people who are friends with famous people. And like that means that like things are like better for me. You know, that's God's plan for me. You sound like Fat Amy from Pitch Perfect. I was about to say that. Fun fact, I was the reader for the Pitch Perfect movie. No way. And then, fun fact, they had me read for the Ben Platt part, and it was no. the worst. Yes, and it was the worst audition I ever gave in my life. <gasps> the The casting team stared at me in horror, oh. in a horror, as if like I stabbed a child in front of them. And I was like, I once thought I had talent, but you proved me wrong today. Oh, so thank no. you. 
Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I wish so badly that I was in the room for this. <laughs> no, you don't. No. no, you don't. No, but to be honest, so do I. It, it was awful. So that was, you, you think yep. that was your worst audition? Oh, it was. And I remember, uh, who who's my friend? Oh, God, I'm so bad with names. Eli, you played his um, son or something in Pippin. Matthew, James. Thomas. Yes, Matthew James Thomas. Forgive me, Matthew. I, I love you so much. I almost said the F word. Um, <laughs> but Matthew came in to audition for one of the roles, and I had to play his girlfriend in the audition. Ooh. And I remember being like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and um, yeah, and he had to be my boyfriend in the scene. And I think that's why I stopped being asked to be a reader because they were like, oh my gosh, Sydney, do you have a cat? Yes, I have a cat. He just made a cameo. Do you want to see him? Yeah, what's his name? His name is Hank. I also have a cute little kitty named Luna. Come here, Hankers. Hank, come here, Hank. Let us see you, Hank. Hi, little Hank. Oh my gosh. Oh, hi, Hank. I got him at Broadway Barks when I as a gift when I was eleven. That's amazing. Oh. Isn't that adorable? I I was like I was begging my parents so long for a pet, and then we went to in Fun Home, you know, presented pets at Broadway Barks, and then I just so happened like Nikki Torsha was like, "Oh, you should go in the cat trailer," and I go in the cat trailer, and I immediately see Hank, and I just I fall in love, and I've been begging my parents for a pet. Literally since before I can remember, and I, I go to my mom and I'm like, "Can we please get him?" And she's like, "Ask your dad." I'm like, "What?" And then, um, so I go get my dad, and he comes and he says hi to Hank, and I'm like, "Please, can we please have him?" And he goes, "Um, all right, but dad, please wait. What did you just say?" And then we got him, and he's he's like my little baby, and I'm so grateful that I have him. Do you guys have? I know Eli, you have like six hundred dogs. Do you, Josh? Have six <laughs> hundred? Yes. Do you have any pets, Josh? I I have two cats. Um, oh one is sleeping God. behind me. His name is Toby. <gasps> oh my um, God, he's so cute. Yeah, he's a little cuddle bug. And then my other cat is sleeping um over over there, and his name is Sweeney. Um, they're both rescues. Uh, they were both, uh, Sweeney was found in an alley in Astoria and, um, he just turned 10 and Toby is three and he was found, he was abandoned in a, uh, parking lot in the Bronx. They were both rescues? Yeah. Uh, Lauren Molina actually fostered Toby and that's how I found him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Most of the dogs that I've ever gotten and like animals as pets in general have all been like rescues so like it's so important i mean no offense to my friends that get their cute like oh it's half pooper ducal like (laughs) whatever like that's really cute and stuff but you know it's important to remember that when you shop you know, other animals are going to die because of it. Oh gosh, that sounds terrible. For sure. no, no, I'm sorry if I'm true, guilting though. you, but it's true. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Broadway barks, I use Eli knows this about me. I like to come up with characters and I do them all the time backstage, whether you want me to or not. I would always want you to do characters. Always. Thank you, Sydney. This is why we're friends. Exactly. Um backstage at Hair, poor Gavin Creel. Like, I insisted that he adopted me at Broadway Barks for Orphans. And um, so I'd be like, Dad, Dad, it's me. It's me, Dad. Dad, Dad adopted me at Broadway Barks for Orphans. And um, I presented a dog at Broadway Barks, actually. And um, 
Bernadette Peters had to announce me. And instead of, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Lehman, she went, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Lamoni. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Lamoni? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great day. It was humbling and I loved it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So Josh. Yeah. Let's talk. Okay. So you're an audition coach as well as an actor. Talk about what to expect when you're trying to prepare for an audition and like try to kind of give a short little description of what you can help with as an audition coach. Well, here's where I come from. We have all picked a very difficult life. And I'm not just talking about the obvious where you're being told no, where you compare yourself with others, where you know, money is obviously a concern, especially as you get older. Mm. For me, when I started in the business, it it felt a lot more cutthroat. It felt a lot more people were not nice to one another. And I'm done with that. I refuse to work with people who are mean. Literally, my agents have a list of people that I will not work with under any circumstance. Oh, wow. Because I refuse. Life is short. And um, no job is worth it. No job is worth my mental health. No job is worth me watching a, a fellow performer or artistic person get torn down. Like, it's just not worth it. I believe with all my heart that we are not competition, that we are community. That, like, Sydney, like, if they want you, then they don't want Brenda, who is in the sim- who's like the same age as you, similar type, but Brenda is completely different. Brenda is Brenda. Sydney is Sydney. Preach. You know, like, so why should you two not like each other? Same thing. Like, Eli, if you and Sawyer are going yeah. in for something. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You are two completely different individuals. You just happen to be around the same age. Right. Yeah. You know, like, so why should you two have a hard time with one another? We have to be community. We have to lift each other up. We And 
sometimes it's going to hurt when somebody else gets the job, but that's not their fault. Just like it's going to hurt when you get the job and they don't. We have to lift each other up because you know what? The job goes away. Mm. The job is not permanent. Right. And so if the job is giving you your self-worth, then your self-worth is temporary, my friend. Mm-hmm. So I focus a lot on that, but also what is in your control when you audition? Is it getting the role? No. What is in your control is being passionate, being prepared, and being present. That is in your control. Your job is not to book. Your job is to give them a fierce option of you. That is your job. The casting director and you have a relationship, a friendship. They're bringing you in because you are prepared and passionate and present, because you give them a fierce option. And that's you just saying, thanks for bringing me in. Here's my option. I'll see you next time. You know, whether I get it or not, I don't even know if I want this gig. I read the script and it's caca. Uh It's the 17th musical version of Peter Pan I've seen this year. I don't want to do it. You know, but yabba dabba do. That's what auditioning is. We have to take the pressure off of ourselves. A lot of my mm-hmm. clients go through what we all go through. Like auditioning is an art form upon itself. And a lot of people get really afraid because it's scary. And also it's ridiculous. We like put all of our crap into a bag for a day because we're not going back home once we leave the house. And then like, oh, I have to go be a Victorian, you know, hairdresser and go into a room filled, a tiny room filled with like grumpy people and pretend to be this person for 15 seconds with a reader who is by no means an actor, you know, and then just like, okay, thanks. Have a good day. It's so bizarre. So why do we treat it? like a firing range, like, like our lives are on the line. It's not. And Mm -hmm. especially with what's happening right now, what is, what is important? You know, what is important? Sydney, like you have your family, you have your pets, you have your heart, you have your art. Eli, you know, I know you very well, Eli, just because I've known you and your family for, you know, a decade now. Um, well, you know, like I've watched you grow up, like you have things and it's not saying that showbiz and our accomplishments aren't important. They are, but our resume does not tuck us in at night. Our resume Mm. is not going to hold our hand in hospice 70 years from now. Right. You know, like we have to think about what matters and that alone should help us take the pressure off of. I have to sing, sing 16 bars or, oh, this person, you know, like, yeah, I'm good, but they're just so pretty or like <sighs> they're so built or they're so perfect or they're this compare and despair, you know, like it's just practice. That's to me, that's what coaching is. It's not. And also, you know, it's little tricks here and there that you learn from any other schmuck that teaches <laughs> acting or teaches auditioning for camera, like, you know, like I'm looking here, that I'm looking there, that I'm looking there, you know, it's just, it's all silly and stupid, but you know, the most important thing is letting you know that it's okay to be scared. We're a community and Toby agrees. Huh? Toby. Uh, I don't. Toby agrees. Huh? 
Toby actually got his start in the 1956 production of Whoopi Charlie Whoop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, he looks like a witch's cat. Well, I'm a witch. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of my take on coaching. And I'm sorry if I rambled. No, no was... those are extremely, extremely wise words that I think aren't, to be honest, aren't talked about enough. And, you know, th- to be honest, that's one of the reasons why Eli and I did this podcast is because we realize that what truly is going to matter in the end is, you know, connecting with friends and just having an experience. That is what we're going to look back on just because we're passionate about this. And um, I think for sure everything that you you talked about is so, so incredibly important that you have to realize that it's a family, not a competition. And um, for sure, you got to, you know, be passionate about it and you got to love it and you got to... St- I, I think this uh, industry is known for people just beating themselves up over absolutely everything. Yeah. yeah. We're very hard on ourselves, for sure. Extremely. Well, you know, my journey was different from yours because I really, really desperately wanted to be a kid actor. And um, my mother basically was like, absolutely not, only because I lived in San Diego and she was like, I'm not schlepping you to L.A., like every day for auditions, like absolutely not. And to me, like it felt like a betrayal at the time. As an adult, I'm like, yeah, no, I get that. But when I came here, myself, I was like, if I don't get a Broadway show, I'm a failure. Mm. And I have a lot of friends that I've watched struggle with that. And um, it really hurts me. It hurts my heart. You know, because there's no real rhyme or reasons. I have friends that are so, so damn talented, but there's no rhyme or reason. For whatever reason, they can't get an agent. And they go, how do you get an agent? And it's like, uh, I don't know. You throw a rock out the window and hope it hits somebody. You, You sacrifice a chicken at dawn. And, you know, it's like, it just happens. Now, for you two... Yeah, we had... We had very, I, first of all, I'm extremely grateful for the place and the, and the family that I was born into who have been like literally from the beginning of me wanting to do this when I was six have been extremely uh, supportive. And you've also been like very vocal. I, I was, you know, reading some stuff and you've been very vocal about how didn't it take like 10 years of auditioning and working for you to book a Broadway show? Oh, yeah. It took um, a long time, almost almost 10 years, you know, like I booked the national tour of Wicked. And uh, that was also the first job that I experienced not being renewed. And I didn't realize that that's what Wicked does. Like with their principles, they just, you know, after nine months, they're like, okay, bye. But to me, I felt like I was being fired. I felt embarrassed. I felt, I felt horrified. And I felt, um, and I went into a really, really dark depression. And, um, you know, and then like shortly after that, my best friend died and it was very oh sudden and just out of the blue and um, very young. And then like I just just, you know, just felt like sort of like a ghost for seven years. I did so much regional stuff. I was just living out of suitcases and was very unhappy. And then you get so close to so many things and it never happens. And you spend so many years being like, what is it like to get the call? what is it like to get the call and all your friends are getting the call and you're so happy for them. But at the same time, you're so sad for yourself and you don't know how to negotiate it. 
or I didn't, you know, I didn't have those tools and I didn't have, you don't want to go to your friends with success Mm. and be like, Hey, I really, I'm really sad about myself. And I, and I think I suck and I feel like a failure and I'm looking at you and I'm proud of you, but God, I'm so jealous. I, I don't enjoy watching you on Broadway because I'm so jealous, you know, mm-hmm. cause that's embarrassing. That feels gross. Right. And, but it's a, it's a real thing. But then I went in for that final callback for hair. It lasted for like five hours. It was brutal. I left. Did you have to dance? Oh, Eli. Oh yes. It was. And it wasn't just dancing. It was like hippie dancing. You are on so many drugs. You are flailing (laughs) around and it was a serious room. I remember being outside of the room and uh, meeting Casey Levy. She was there, uh, for Sheila and she and I were talking, we knew each other vaguely through the wicked family and, um, you know, and, uh, it was very scary. And there was a boy there that broke his knee for that broke his kneecap during the dance. Um, and then at the end of the five hours I left, I felt so defeated. I called my agent at the time and, um, basically left him a voicemail and I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Wow. Like I'm just I just can't do this. I'm done. I want to go back to school and be a therapist. I'm done. And um and what's funny is that I told my dad that like a month before and he was like, Are you kidding? You're leaving musical theater to be a therapist? And I was like, <laughs> You you want me to do you think musical theater is more stable? Um <laughs> and then the next morning I woke up. I was doing children's theater in New Jersey and I was at my apartment in Queens and I was like, Is it too early to drink? I was on a diet and I was like, screw it. I ordered like a waffle and everything. And I was like, I'm just going to eat myself to death and cry and then go to New Jersey and play a snail. (laughs) And then my agent called and he was like, dude, how are you? And I was like, I'm not good. How are you? And he was like, okay, I know you want to leave the business. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And he said, okay, can you just hold on? Just hang in there a little bit longer because they want you to be in hair. Oh, oh my, my god. god. That just gave me chills. It's like a sign. You know, I don't know what it was, but it was um it was a lot of things. I don't think I cried, but um I had all the emotions of crying because also it's like yeah, like Eli, I don't know if I ever talked to you about this, um but like I'm adopted. Mm. And I do know my biological mother. I do know that my biological father was very abusive and I do know that things could have gone very differently for me. What if I wasn't adopted? What if I wasn't even born? You know, like a lot of sacrifices were made so I could just be alive. And a lot of happy accidents or whatever were Mm. made just, you know, I went to a certain family. I got certain opportunities or privileges. And now all of a sudden my dream is happening and um and then it just seems so easy you know and then you that leads to another and another and another and another and mm. you know and who knows i don't know if i'm going to work again or whatever none of us do but it's it's very i don't take it for granted it's very you know special and awesome yeah yeah for sure 100% when you got the call from your agent i'm curious did it 
sink in immediately because you had been working so hard for so long for it. And finally it was happening. It didn't fully sink in. It was sort of like one of those, what, really, what? And also it was in the paper, like there was a lot of shit talk. Oh, sorry. There's a lot of poo-poo talking in the (laughs) papers, like Michael Riedel, you know, talking about how like up hair doesn't have its money to come to Broadway. I remember seeing an article that the headline was haircut Mm. and it was the anniversary of my friend Jorge's death when the haircut article came out. And I was like freaking out. Like I forgot that it was Jorge's anniversary. And my, one of my best friends, Allison texted me and she said, are you doing okay? And I was like, "Um, well, what have you heard? Because she's good friends with one of the producers. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, you saw the article. She was like, I was talking about Jorge. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. Um, now I feel terrible, but have you talked to John? She was like, yeah, no, everything's fine with, with hair. You know, let me know if you need to talk yeah. later about your friend. Wow. Um, but it was just like, nobody really knew if it was going to happen. Nobody knew if it wasn't. And then, you know, my first six months with the show was as a swing before I got not promoted because swings have the hardest job in the world but like i i got put into an ensemble track and Mm -hmm. uh but Mm -hmm. yeah being a swing like that's a crazy welcome to broadway how many tracks did you uh cover i think i covered 12 but i only really covered about seven Uh, only was it all men or men and women um it was all men but they tried to make me go on for a woman once and Uh i was cocky and feeling myself and i was like no (laughs) and they were like what and i was like no i'm not going on for her i don't know that track no i'm not doing that oh my god and somehow i got away with it yeah that's now intense because that doesn't fly you know every other show i've been in they'd be like oh okay well here's you being written up yeah you know jamie verazin was on for a guy all the time i know it'd be like well mia michaels is here and she would like to talk to you now (laughs) yeah and by that i mean you're going to die tonight you know (laughs) yeah so yeah i can't even imagine being a swing like a swing on broadway yeah because like sydney it's like the first time you go on everybody's like oh great job you're so proud the second time everybody's like that was really good, but could you like do this? And the next time they're like, Hey, um, could you be on three? That'd be really good for me. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I couldn't imagine being a swing. Mm -mm. It's rough. I mean, just the, even the fact of like when you're in the beginning stages and like tech and all of that, like you kind of just have to sit there and watch and take notes and then you're just prepared to jump in whenever, like it's crazy. Well, I felt really left out. And granted, like, oh, poor baby. But, you know, like, you are. It's like, okay, um, go to the balcony and take notes. And, you know, one time during Tech of Hair, (laughs) 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 I'm not going to name names, but I got called onto stage because somebody had to go do a costume fitting. And so I was on stage just filling in. And another performer said, "Um, what are you doing up here? And I looked at them and I was like, my job, what are you doing up here? <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, I didn't mean it. And I was like, yeah, you did. And I'm not the one. Oh, my God. <laughs> you I know. mean, as you should. This is why I love you. <laughs> Josh, you have some crazy stories. I know. It's the best. Is Only it? you. Yeah, it's amazing. 
Yeah, that's why I write. I guess. That's. So I guess good. God was like, "Your life shall be the twilight zone, <laughs> so you can write." That's so good. Oh my god! So you were in the prom. Oh my god! On Broadway, and I remember when you were out of town in that kind of stage of the production. You were so excited. I mean, you were posting about it all the time. You were texting and everything, and it was great. And I was so happy for you. So when it finally came to Broadway, it was around the same time I was actually doing Trevor. So we were both doing like LGBTQ um, shows, which was super like interesting that it was at that time. So talk to us about your experience there because you also understudied the lead. And when you actually went on a few times, and I'm so mad that I never actually got to see that, but just talk a little bit about that. I have to say, I saw you, you absolutely freaking killed it. Sydney, I remember when you came backstage after, like, Sydney, like, let me just say, I don't know you super well, but you were just the kindest, warmest, most loving person on the planet. And, you know, I'm just, I'm looking forward to this being over so, so I can get to know you more. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks, pal. We're already best friends. Amen. 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 Matching tattoos after this. <laughs> let's do it. Oh my God. Yes, 100%. Monkeys? Done. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, monkeys. <laughs> let's go. Um, well, like, I mean, that's also doing a queer themed show is something that the three of us can relate to because yeah. I'm sure you both also had the experience of people coming up to you and you sort of being a poster child, whether you wanted to be or not. And, you know, sort of being in that light of being like, oh, uh, right. Part of my job is to hear your story as well and to validate that. Mm. I was actually about to ask you about that. While you were doing the show, did you feel the impact that the show had on so many people? Absolutely. I, I still feel it. Um, especially after, you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade kissed, I tweeted that it was the first, uh, you know, same sex kiss on the parade. And as soon as I tweeted that every, you know, the media, for whatever reason, took my tweet and it was everywhere. And then every like hate group in the world like came at me. And, you know, like some of our cast members got death threats during the show. Um, Somebody got a hold of Izzy Michaela's number Mm. and started calling her with death threats. And like the precinct in Times Square, the best damn cops in the universe, like swarmed in and blocked off the theater. And there was no stage door. And they made sure that all of us got home safe. And like, you know, it got very real. But it was also a reminder that we are not mm. like we live in a very liberal bubble. Mm. We are not nearly as as liberated from hatred as we think. But also, like I am a gay dude. I know what it's like. Like when I was in high school, there was an underground support group for gay students and gay teachers, but it was underground. It was in secret. Mm. And we were not allowed to talk about it. It was very hush-hush. That is no longer an issue for students in high schools, or at least most places here. So for me, I take it very seriously when I um, meet people that were impacted by prom or that would come out to me, or parents that would come to me and say that they know that their child is 
you know, queer under the queer umbrella, but their child doesn't know that they know and what do they do? Or even parents that are struggling Mm. with how to like, what do they do? You know, and it's not that they don't like their child or anything. It's just that this is not in their set of tools, which is also understandable. Not all of us were raised with a lot of gay friends that we knew about or in New York City or whatever. But it's interesting because I remember like, in example, during Wicked, I would see a lot of the show fans and I'd be like, oh, a lot of these people feel like Alphaba. And I get that. And I'd be like, I see, you're Alphaba, you're an outcast. And that's why you're here. And that's why you identify. And I get that. But at the same time, like, I never really got emotionally attached to them because I was an Alphaba. Like, it, that, that's not my journey. That's not their journey with me. But with Prom... It was very much a collective journey for everybody in the show with the with the show's fan base. But getting to play Barry, I think I got to play it 27 times. Brooks is like not only one of my closest friends, but he's my hero. And, you know, and you two have gotten to do this beautifully as well. You create a role and what you do is what you really do is you create a blueprint and it's like a it's like a house. I hate to use the word perfect because there's no such thing, but it's a it's a perfect blueprint. And that way, your understudy or whoever, your replacement or whatever, has the perfect blueprint. You learn the blueprint, you master the blueprint, and once you master the blueprint, that's when you put your own shell on it and make it you, mm-hmm. you know? But you have mm-hmm. to learn the fucking the frickin sorry everybody (laughs) listening i swear like a sailor trust me be yourself we love it be yourself (laughs) Uh, but you know once you master the blueprint that's when you make it you but you have to respect that blueprint and um brooks made the perfect blueprint and so when i got to learn it and make it my own And when I got to be a big boy, and also like during prom, I was the heaviest I'd ever been, which also put like another spin on being a poster boy for like the fatties, you know, because they're like, I've never, I've never seen myself on stage before. I was like, yeah, and I get to be center stage for you, for me, and like sing a song. And, uh, you know, that doesn't happen every day. Absolutely. So it was nice to not be a fat joke and get to be a human you know yeah you get to represent people's life on stage for sure yeah yeah now my question for you two was and i i'm not gonna say like so what was it like because you know that was your normal so what else would it have been like that was your childhood but was it strange to be in those shoes at a young age now like looking back like for, for both of you to be like doing the stage door and um, having those people that like admire you like that without really knowing you and still trying to be like a normal kid or did you not want to be a normal kid? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that no matter what age you are, it's still like having people admire you and like what your autograph is pretty dang surreal. Ever yeah. since I was four, I was absolutely positive that I wanted to do it to do this and then my mom and my family helped me and my brothers get a manager when i was six lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I did grow up in the business, but I am still so unbelievably positive and adamant that I want to do this. And yeah. like if, if you've seen Ring of Keys, you know that I, I call these things Ring of Keys moments. It's when you see something and you're just like, oh, my God, yes, that I want to be that. And I genuinely would not have ever wanted it any other way. Yeah. You know, that's funny because that was the same thing for me as a kid. My mom used to take me to see theater and that it was the same thing, the ring of keys moment where it's like <gasps> that. Yeah. And that's the only thing. Sparks, yeah. And that has always been the only thing. Even in high school, my my teachers were like, you need to study more and do less theater. And my dad would be like, you clearly <laughs> have never met my son. Aww. Um, Eli, what about you? Yeah, I mean, similar to you guys, I had my ring of keys moment when I saw my sister in a show in Pittsburgh. And um, I immediately fell in love. And to go back to your question of like being a kid and being on stage as someone who can people can look up to in that kind of manner, it it was incredible because I never realized how much of an impact it could actually have on someone. You know, Trevor was probably the show that inspired people the most that I've been in probably, even though Finding Neverland was incredibly inspiring as well. But Trevor, I mean, I had, there were only 150 people in the audience, but there was always, you know, an adult, a child, a mother, like even someone in their like 20s and 30s who were gay and like, didn't want to like fully come out and all of that. And they would all be like, you know, thank you for helping me. And thank you for all of that. Because just letting me get able to escape for two and a half hours, you know, it, it, helps people and it's incredible because when you're six when you're at the time I was 13 when you're 13 you don't understand that especially I was also straight so I didn't understand you know half the things that people were saying until I was able to create Trevor and actually understand what you know gay people have to go through yeah so it's it was it was definitely a good wake-up call and I mean I have a new appreciation for all of my friends gay and straight you know because everyone yeah but you also but both of you also have like a great family unit yeah and you know not not everyone does so i mean yeah going back to what you were saying because your mom was like didn't want to drive you to la from san diego or whatever i mean if i didn't have my parents to drive me from west virginia to new york I would have never been here now, you know, like it's crazy. And that's like an eight hour drive. I mean, it, it like we're saying, it's a huge sacrifice, not just for you, but for the entire family, if you want to be a child actor. Oh, for sure. I mean, we had to split up. 
So, like, I mean, no one, like, rarely wants to do that. I mean, then they actually had to quit their jobs and leave their own family and friends that they've had for 40-something years, you know, and just to be up here for me. I mean, it's, it's I'm so lucky. That's love. Yeah. That's love. Exactly. That is sure. love. Yeah, I'm very grateful and very lucky. And now you two are going to have to make the same sacrifice for me. My dream is to move to an island with cats <laughs> with my two best friends, Sydney and Eli, and we leave tonight. I'm Let's ready. do it. Oh, you know, can I tell you what? I've been having these weird reoccurring dreams where I go on just a oh weird. Oh my God, this is crazy. I go, <laughs> I'm having these weird reoccurring dreams where I go on day trips to random places with Eli. The first dream that I had, <laughs> I don't even know why. We had just finished recording a podcast and I go, hey, how about we go to Europe now? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, Moldova? He's like, yeah. So we fly to Moldova for a day trip and then come back that night and then go home and none of our family knew. So, yes, we will go on a day trip to an island with cats and monkeys and no one will ever know. I love that you went to Moldova. I don't know why. (laughs) And just like a day trip. Like, I need two tickets on the Concorde to Moldova. (laughs) And mommy and daddy will never know (laughs) during quarantine. So random. So random. I'll be like, darling, where's your sister? Um, (laughs) Quarantine in a room, papa. (laughs) Yeah, this should be. You should write something. (laughs) Yeah. You write. Josh is literally. My grandpa, like not grandpa, because you're not like oh, but like, that is my son. <laughs> oh my god, no, that's not what I meant. Would that be really messed up? Okay, but yeah, that would be kind of messed up. But grandpa, I mean, no, because like in like our texts and stuff, like I refer to him as like Peepaw Josh, like Peepaw. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's literally like my life coach because whenever I'm like upset or I'm down or anything, like the first person I text is Josh, and he'll automatically put a smile on my face. Yeah, no, he's he's like my he's my grandson. He's my he's my kiddo, <laughs> and also I'll be like, hey kiddo, how do I open up my computer? And I'll be like, Peepaw, <laughs> you open the computer and. <laughs> I'll be like, what? Are you are you mocking me? You know. No. Oh my gosh. Um, I do want to say a quick. I, we want to give recognition to your dad. Um, we know he's working during this time. Um, and so we do want to thank you for his bravery and all his during this time. Well, yes. Thank you, thank and you thanks so to your mom too. Of um, course. Sydney, are your parents working in in all this? No, we're we're all quarantined at home. Um, but thank you to your parents for being, you know, so brave well, and working on the front lines and being so selfless and courageous. Your parents are heroes. Yeah. Well, hey, your parents are heroes too. Everybody's parents are heroes right now. Yes, um, yeah. I'd like to thank my mother for not killing my dad for working right now. <laughs> you know. It's it's hard for me just because my dad's in his 70s and I'm like, wow. you know, selfishly or not, you know, I'm like, dad, you like legitimately don't have to be doing this. Like you and my mother are senior citizens, you know, like, why don't you stay home? And he's like, nope. And it's like, yeah, OK. You know, meanwhile, I'm making jokes and onesies and I'm like, that's. That's my sword. That's how I fight the vid nineteen. Get out of here! Hey, but that's what? great that because is it's getting so a lot of people too. through. Yeah, it's getting a yeah. lot of people through this time. I've started calling it the vid. 
the vid. The vid. I'm gonna come get you, vid. And I love what you're doing with Pawsway. Oh, the great Pawsway. <laughs> and not Broadway. It's incredible. Oh, it's a great Pawsway. <laughs> what are you doing, Kat? Guys, Josh Josh also has his own podcast that you can listen to yes. called Josh Swallows Broadway. And you can listen to that on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. And you can go check him out on Patreon and uh, also broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. You can learn all about his show and him and all that. Will you two come on my come on my live stream? I want you to come on the actual show once this is all done, but I'd love to have you on my live stream show. Yeah, yeah. that would be awesome. Good. Good. Eli, I have to stop thinking of you as a kid because you're not a kid anymore. And I was about to be I like, it's it. at 9 p.m. And then I was like, Josh, <laughs> you text with him at like 1130. <laughs> like, you're fine. It was definitely like 2 a.m. Wasn't that crazy? But, yeah. <laughs> but that's like life in quarantine. But it's also like, I don't know, like ever since I was in Pippin and Neverland and these shows, like... I've never been able to get my schedule back to like going to bed before 11 because you're oh, always no. like doing shows and stuff at that time. Well, Peapaw can sleep early, but nowadays, like, there's just no time anymore. Also, like, what's the point in getting up, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I can stay up however long I want because I'm not going to get up. Well, don't tell your mother that. Oh, she gets mad at me every day, but it's okay because she's at work, so she doesn't know all the time. Until she <laughs> listens to this. I love you, Mom. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Are you kidding thank me? Thank you so You're much. the best. I love you, too. I'm so honored to be on your show. I'm so proud of you, too, for making work right now and making the world a brighter place right now. And um, I just i am really, really honored to share this city, this community, and um, to have you both in my life. I'm really honored. Thank Aww. you. We love you very much. Yes, very You're the best. Much. We were like trying to figure out who we could have on, and like you were literally the first person that mm. came You're in. Like oh my god! No brainer. Yes. Everyone's favorite <laughs> monkey. Everyone's favorite <laughs> happiness monkey. Everyone. Happiness yes. monkey. Happiness <laughs> monkey. <laughs> I need you to do me a favor uh -huh. before we go because I need to hear it one more time. Can you please say what you always said at Neverland in saying principal coming through? Uh, okay, excuse me, everybody. Principal coming through. Ew, do not look at me, swings. Okay, <laughs> easily we're having a principal brunch tomorrow. Sierra Boggis is going to host. Principals only. Um, We are going to have a few features for featured ensemble people. Not <laughs> you. Do not look at me, Julius. Um, Julius, oh, my God. Do not, you do not have a feature. Seriously, you have a you have a line that's not a feature. Ew. Oh anyway, seriously, we do this every day. It was the oh best thing God. about going backstage. Seriously, I'm not going on if it swing is on. I'm not. I'm not doing it. No. Seriously. I want to do a Broadway show with you so that I can experience this gloriousness every single day. Oh my day. God, Sydney! I call my care. Well. You better be a principal, otherwise you're going to be tortured. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. My friends now backstage, they call it spirit. They'll be like, um, spirit, can we have Josh back now? Like whenever I'm doing a character, they'll be like, um, spirit, I'd like to talk to Josh. And I'll be like, oh, hold on. Hey, what's up? 
<laughs> I love spirit. I'm going to have to start using that. Yeah, I'm um, spirit. And I'm starting a spirit petition for a pitch per- another pitch perfect with just Fat Amy as Josh Lehman. Done. Done. Yes. One one woman, one man show. Yeah, I, I'm sure she won't mind at all. I'm sure she's like, no, I've made my money. I'm good. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, you could totally pass as her. Yeah. Just put on a wig. Yeah, and we'll no go to Netflix and make five bucks. It'll be great. There you go. Donate to the Actors Fund. Come <laughs> see me as Rebel Wilson, boy chick. Come donate to the Actors Fund. It'll be great. And by Actors oh. Fund, I mean my Venmo. I don't need a middleman. <laughs> Just come. <laughs> this is incredible oh i love you too okay well we're having a big uh uh, slumber party when this is all over we'll do facials and it'll be fun yeah we're gonna do uh mani petties yeah yeah okay cool yeah i could actually (laughs) use one desperately oh god i could i could eli do not diss mani petties have you ever had one I have. Oh, I have. he has manicures all the time. Okay. My dad and I do it. And Zach sometimes. They're but... the best thing in the world. They are the best yeah. thing, and your future wife is going to dig it. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend always says that she wants to get my nails done with me, and I'm like, your oh, my God. girlfriend. Your <laughs> Okay. Well, that's enough. You're <laughs> blushing. Ew. <laughs> Okay. A love <laughs> song. La 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 la. Done. Uh, Sydney and I will make you a music video about it later. Great. Yeah. Done. Done. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We got it. We should also bring our, our our cats and Eli your six hundred dogs to get. You know, <laughs> yes, and your monkey onesies. <laughs> yeah, monkey onesies. Yeah. Yes. Oh. oh, this is too good. I could literally stay on forever. Same. That'll be a really long podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, well, thank you so, so, so much, Josh, for being a, such an incredible guest, let alone our first ever guest ever. Oh, it's an honor. Um, same for us. Such an honor to have you on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we love you. I'll come back and you guys will have to come on my show. I love you too. Oh, 100%. yes. That would be awesome. Much love. Yeah. Say hi to your pa- parents and family for me. Same. I love them. Same. Yes, for sure. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. I can't thank you enough. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Sounds hi. good. Bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. I love him so much. Oh, my God. Josh is the best. Literally, he's truly my peepaw, um, <laughs> as we said in the interview. <laughs> Guys, we hope you enjoyed that. I mean, he's just so knowledgeable so experienced and he can talk about so much um he is so funny but he's also so wise he has so much important things to say um that everyone no matter what age you are or no matter how experienced you are can really take note yeah totally i mean he's uh, experienced on Broadway and uh, TV and all of that and now he's able to help each other as an audition coach and it's just so so amazing what he's doing um, the things that he said some crazy things that not crazy but like he said some really great things that really resonated with me 
um, the thing that stuck out to me most was those three P's that he said. When you watch an audition, you have to be present, you have to be prepared, and you have to be passionate about your work and what you're throwing out at the casting director. And the fact that he just said, like, don't worry about it. Just go in and be the best you and give them the best option that you can give them and just try to take the stress off. I mean, it was so it really helped me because I'm a worry wart. I always stress <laughs> about everything and get in my head. So to hear that is just like a sigh of relief, you know? Yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Those three pe- prepared, um, present and passionate. That's like that's perfect. That's literally the key, the recipe to auditions, period. Um, <laughs> period. <laughs> that's something that I'm going to, I want to take his advice and I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember those, those three P's and make sure that I, I follow them. Yeah. And the fact that he was just so candid with us and you could tell he was really like himself, you know, and he he's the funniest person the fact that he has a nickname that he demanded himself um happiness monkey like well that's like absolutely like just hilarious that's iconic Um, oh a hundred percent um and he has a podcast himself you can listen to it's josh swallows broadway he's doing live streams as well on youtube and um yeah, just check them out. He has some great things, great guests, great topics that he talks about, and it's super funny. Um, yeah, he's the best, guys. So, kind of, kind of a non sequitur. Um, we there was something we talked about in the interview that y- you might remember. It was that uh, when so we all performed at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. For me personally, it was one of the most exciting experiences of my entire life. So much so that when I was 10 years old, I wrote a whole poem about it. <gasps> you have it? I found it. <laughs> yes. So, oh, my God. I'm going to read it. and just... Josh, get your instruments out because you said you wanted to put yeah, some music to it. Music. Take <laughs> back relax with a cup of coffee in front of the fireplace and enjoy this poem I wrote when I was 10 after my second Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on the Sesame Street float. Oh, by the way, hold on. This poem is called The Early Sunrise because we had to wake up at 4 (laughs) a.m. Okay. (laughs) Guys, it's ridiculous. And it's the middle of November, so you're actually end of November, so you're freezing so cold but it's the sun's not even up at 4 a.m no it's not you wake up in the middle of the night but i like it's it's like waking up for christmas i'm not even kidding i woke up and i ran into my dad's room i was like okay it's time to go i want to get my stuff on i'm gonna get my hair ready i need to get my hat i'm gonna get my clothes i have these gloves prepared let's go let's go to the car we have to go to the coffee shop And also, I have uh, an uncle who's not really an uncle, but like a godfather who works at Sesame Street and who is in the Sesame Street float pretty much every Thanksgiving Day Parade. So I wasn't alone. And it wasn't because of him, I don't think, that I got in the Sesame Street float. It was because I was an actor. But I got to experience it with him. I got to go to the coffee shop with him. And then he, I was, you know, he was, he's like my godfather. So um, he, you know, experiencing alongside him, I felt so much more comfortable so it's the really stories get better and better. It's so cool. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the okay, poem. Okay. It's serious. 
It's serious. So serious. My eyes are heavy. It's an early sunrise. I bundle up for the big surprise. (laughs) Hold it together, Sydney. I'm greeted by my friends in the tiny coffee shop. I'm drowned with excitement and I can't make it stop. One step at a time, I walk down the pathway. There's so much to do and so much to say. I finally reach the place I need to go. I want this to start. You don't even know. I see marching bands across the street. They play their saxophones. I dance to the beat. At last, there's a big tug which makes our heads swing to the side. Be careful, everyone. Hold on for the ride. My feet cold as ice and my mouth frozen in a smile. We have to stand there forever. Well, a very long while. I wait, smile, and wave all day long while in my mind, I run through the song. I feel the heat pack toasty on my fingers. It keeps me warm, but the chill still lingers. Occasionally, the wind blows so brisk and bold. It makes my eyes water. It makes my cheeks cold. I see people yawning as we pass by, those who are exhausted, everyone but I. The suspense is unbearable, but we finally approach the floor, the one that is green. Now I can't wait anymore. The camera points at us, and my heart pounds. I see the talk show hosts, but through the glass I hear little sounds. We do our routine, we all do our best. Now it's time to finish the rest. We finish our path, the experience is done. My eyes start to get red. Aw, that was a lot of fun. We get off the float, I give my feet a break. I stood for three hours. Wow, that's a lot to take. I hope I go back this year, and maybe I will. I'll cross my fingers and wait for the thrill. I love to perform in the Thanksgiving parade. It's one of my favorite times of the year to be in the Macy's Brigade. Oh my (laughs) God. Sydney, how old were you when you wrote this? 10? I was 10. (laughs) Guys, this may be the greatest 10-year-old poem that I've ever listened to. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, the fact that you knew to like, have those great rhymes but like listen when i was 10 years old and like trying to rhyme they were words that had nothing to do with each other so the fact that you like were able to flow it together like that i mean the shout is a genius Oh josh i hope you have a song ready for us yeah josh we are prepared (laughs) you better put a whole instrumental together this is going to be our new single <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my god. I'm excited this to see amazing. you come up with. I have done my part. I've done the lyrics. Now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This is incredible. Well, everyone. Sydney, thank you so much for doing the digging. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it was a bit to find, but I'm so glad that I found it. Yeah, uh, me too. I hope you enjoyed, everyone. This is a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed our first ever podcast with a guest. We definitely did. I think it was a very, it was the perfect choice for a first guest. And we can't wait for the next one. Tune in next Thursday for our very next podcast with our next special guest. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right? Special shout out to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Colonon for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Take a Bow. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us from. 
and tune in next week for another episode. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast, where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions, or questions and keep up with all things take a bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.